off. Hey, right, we're talking we're gonna... hockey here. Hey, well, you know what? It's time to talk. It's time to talk drones now. So, <laughs> not, not drones, multi-rotor aircraft, and fixed wing. Hey, yeah, now. we Those gotta two. include everything. Exactly. Yeah. I'm cool with fixed wing. They're whirly gigs, you guys. Come on. The whirly gigs, yes. Yeah. Time to talk about whirly gigs. All right. So on the on the topics for tonight. Um, uh, first up is going to be if we had the ability to assist re first responders, would you help? And this comes in multiple forms, whether it's assisting uh, search and rescue efforts um, in areas like floods, um, being able to help them kind of locate uh, disaster areas, like, for instance, the recent fire in uh, uh, Paris, France uh, at the um, Notre Dame. Uh, stuff like that that could help uh, first responders pinpoint incidents, find people, that kind of stuff. Would you be willing to help? Yep. Fact is, that's why I have a thermal camera drone on the way, so I can volunteer for search and rescue for the local police department. That's epic. Which one? Is it the new Parrot one or something else? No, it's the uh, uh, X-Dynamics Evolve. Hmm. Drop a link for it when you get a second. <laughs> Interesting. Please and thank you. I did see that Parrot's got a pretty, a relatively inexpensive dual camera with a FLIR attached yeah, to it that looks it pretty has cool. To turn around and back up its butt for it. Oh really? Oh, no. <laughs> why? Why does? Why do you say that? Need a seven for volunteer. Yes, you do need a one oh seven for volunteer for that type of stuff. Even for uh, even for public uh, service, for public service, yes. Hmm. But sure. you can uh, volunteer footage to like your news crew, local news, for without a one hundred and seven. That seems like the opposite way that should go. But it does go right. I believe that too. But uh, that's the yeah. way it is. And there is the X Dynamics website. <clears throat> so that should be on our list of things we need to get changed, is that if you volunteer for uh, your local government, that maybe you wouldn't need a Part 107. Yeah, I mean, you're offering your services free of charge and right. for, the, for the benefit of, you know, humankind, absolutely. Right, um, you help out of search and rescue and you need a commercial license? I don't quite get it. I mean, I from a. Go ahead. I, I believe it's the intent of the flight. I mean, if you're doing it just to help, I don't. I mean, I think that might be unfortunately an undefined area, but you're not making any money on it. It's, you know what I mean. I think yeah, I guess that's what I. It, get crap. And you, uh, I, I mean, it, having having been in the first responder role for a long time, they're not in any way going to accept you, accept your help unless you agree that you're not going to also use any footage that you would gain for commercial purposes. It just kind of goes with it. It's like, you know, um, it got to the point where um, we had to sign it. You had to sign an agreement when, when camera phones and everything got popular, that you um, 
you know, had to leave your camera and your had to leave your phone in your pocket when you were on scenes. No, you know, no taking pictures, no video, no nothing of accident scenes and all that kind of stuff. And there's a whole bunch of reasons behind that, but um, the same reasons would apply to assisting in a search and rescue, as an example. Or, fire or whatever it is i would bet in this case the part 107 is the only level or only barrier they have to getting people uh, to prove that they actually have some training or know something about what they're doing so that's why they say you have to have that in order to fly safely and to do volunteer work i agree and i think that's the catch-all and i think that that's where we can step in and say hey but we have this training program and our people have gone through this you can verify with us. This is everything that they know and understand and are proficient in kind of leave us be maybe hopefully. Well, and you know, the funny thing is the exact next question that I was going to bring to you guys was, should there be certification or qualification in order to do this? And I would agree that, you I know, that so. part one of part one Oh seven is that, you know, you know what you're doing. You're not going to harm anybody by, you know, intentionally harm anybody by participating in search and rescue efforts and you know the rules and yada, yada, yada. And you're not, we're not going to be rescuing you, you know, yeah. along with everybody else. Right. So, so, you know, I get where that might be a necessity. Um, yeah. But at the same time, is part 107 the right way to go? Um, I think it's overkill. that kind of qualification. Yeah, it's overkill a little bit. I think so too. So I, I think that we'll be able to put our beautiful heads together and come up with something glorious that is less evasive than the 107. <laughs> Need a part 106. <laughs> That's great. We can call it the the 106.5 just because it sounds like a radio station. The 101. The 411. Right? <laughs> but I think that we do need to have something, or we should have something that shows our proficiency in X, Y, and Z. Um, it just helps, you know, it helps, it helps bolster, you know, our side of things too. It's not, we're not just literally flying our whirly gigs around. Like we actually kind of know what we're doing. So leave us be, you know? So now, now that calls into question, should there be a, uh, classification of aircraft that would be more conducive to search and rescue now you know obviously a freestyle rig or a racing drone they're only going to stay up in the air for a couple of minutes at a time but are those good enough to help assist um should we be looking at a different type of uh classification for a drone that you know would be the kind of standard go-to for search and rescue efforts um, is it all just situational dependent? What do you guys think about that? Well, I think there's some beautiful stuff made for those purposes, and I've drooled over many of them. There's just nothing that I, you know, could justify owning myself. <laughs> you so know. it's more like a cost barrier there. Oh yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at you know what would be in my mind, you know, a really Cadillac rig for search and rescue or uh, or even oversight for, uh, uh, you know, for a house fire, and, you know, that sort of thing. You're talking about, you know, you're talking about laying out some serious. Okay, so now, would you, 
if permitted, an IRFLIR, yeah, an IRFLIR does. No, I, I, I would agree with uh, both you guys. An IRFLIR setup seems to be a big help, especially, you know, in situations of fire or flood where you can spot people. Um, an FPV quad, yeah, it would be difficult, but at the same time, would it be better than nothing? You know, if you've got no nothing in the air uh, to see from above, um, to quickly locate, uh, you know, survivors in like a flood area, um, uh, you know, an FPV quad would, in my mind, would be best, uh, would be better than nothing. Danger environments, yep, that, that makes sense too. So, um, or tight spaces, uh, that kind of thing. Anybody disagree? Well, the, uh, I mean, the military is using is using very small uh, FPV for um, you know short scouting missions and things like that, just because of the portability, ease of deployment. Yep. Um, you know, if uh, it, it's a whole lot safer to uh, toss a you know hand size. Uh, aircraft up into the air and uh, get a look at what's on the other side of a uh, of a ridge than it is to you know draw the short straw and have to poke your head over there to see let's see what kind of uh what what kind of uh situation should we be ready to assist with so think think about you know i would think about situations like search and rescue should we be offering assistance um, with other, like people who are performing illegal flights? Um, you know, where would we draw the line of what we would be willing to assist with? Well, what do you mean illegal flights? Like how illegal? Because like, have... let's, let's <laughs> like, talk. No, yeah. what I'm talking about is like situations like uh, the supposed Gatwick incident. Oh, and, right, right, right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. stuff like that. I thought you meant like us assist with someone doing something illegal, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not. No, totally no, 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 <laughs> no. That was probably yeah. worded wrong, but yeah, basically mitigating the situation. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever disagreed with you. That was great. <laughs> Miata, yes, bounty hunting. Let's call it bounty hunting. There you go. Oh, dude, the money <laughs> would roll in. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, that's kind of touchy. I think that uh, we probably should do a little statistics. Like we should look and see what types of um, awkward rescue situations there are. And if we can effectively help in one of those, then that could be part of our package to kind of woo uh, municipalities. We yeah. need a long range tiny whoop. Oh, long dude. range tiny whoop. There you go. Well, the ninja or the little, t the new black one that um, Jesse P just came out with. I think it's a ninja. Isn't that what it's Nano. called? Nano. The Nano. Yeah, I knew it started. Yeah, that guy. Ooh. Alien boy. I got, I got a two-inch I can get in a pretty small hole. See? <laughs> yep. Like, we have the capabilities. It's just the length that we're, the length of time is, is where we're kind of screwed up. Because we can get anywhere. Well, you also got to keep in mind that a lot of us, a lot of FPVers are focused on performance. So, you know, our our motors are drawing maximum amps out of our system. Whereas, you know, I, I recently uh, got some of the 
Joshua Bardwell motors from Lumineer, and you pair those with low pitch props, I'm getting five and six minute flight times on a 600 gram quad, you know, and to me that that's relatively unheard, unheard of on a 1300 battery. Right. So, you know, it's, it's basically you're, you'd be building for efficiency over everything. Um, now mind you on low pitch props, you know, I'm, it's I'm not going to be doing you know massive aerial tricks or anything like that acrobatics, but it gets me from A to B and allows me to fly for long periods of time, which is basically what a search and rescue quad should be in my mind. Am I wrong? Yeah, you've got to fly slow to to get, especially uh, with with an IR camera. You've got to fly pretty slow to get. Um... Any usable image, right? Yeah, to get a to get a usable image, especially search and rescue. I even, I mean, they have a huge advantage when they've got a great big, you know, multi ten gazillion dollar one tacked on the bottom of a helicopter, multi billion dollar helicopter. But our 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 cost to get in the air is significantly less, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and the deployment time, you know, right. is. Uh, so Justin, Justin yeah. mentioned today that whatever quad is decided upon, like collectively, like we come together, everybody has their build. It's done the exact same way every time. You know that this works. There, you know, don't change it, don't tweak it because this is what we need. You know, everybody's going to have to be on the same page with that because if we have a certain rig approved, um, kind of collectively by municipalities that are, that accept us. We all kind of have to stick to that, you know? Yeah, and, that makes perfect sense. And then we'll know. And then we can also say, and then like 100%, we back this person up because this is what they're going to do. This is the training that they have. And this is the equipment that they have. We, you know, we support it's that. Basically, you know, certified equipment. Yes. Absolutely. Known Absolutely. package, known uh, skills, all that kind so, of stuff. So down to the software. Yeah, and IT would call that the, a recipe. The hardware plus mm -hmm. the software down to PTFs. Uh, in terms of uh, drawing a line on w w would I help a, a law enforcement, you know, do this or not, but not that. I, I think it would come down to personal relationships. I mean, I I think what we're encouraging, what the the Leap program that the FAA is uh, articulating is, you know, get to know the people in your area, and so you want to establish a relationship, and so. I I think you know if if you don't want to uh, uh, to do um, uh, scenes uh, you know car accidents uh, then you know you're not going to be working with uh, state troopers or if you're if you're into search and rescue rescue then uh, you'll certainly uh, go after uh, DEC DEP uh, at least you know in the Northeast would that make sense in terms of you know, yeah, so I, I think the, uh, you know, what would be the, you know, I'm just struggling with, you know, is there a moral or ethical line that we would draw? And it's like, well, I don't think so. I don't think that'd be appropriate or along the lines of uh, each individual working with the individual law enforcement organization. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So, okay. Let's see. Any, any uh, dissent or any, you know, uh, disagreement with that? Not at all. I think that we all need to be on the same page and we need to be firm and like yeah, absolutely. And if, 
Yeah, and if it's if it's something you don't want to do, then you don't approach don't do that right. or, that organization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and and you know, a couple probably I don't know a year ago I was talking with uh, some of the Phoenix PD guys uh, regarding you know transitioning to drones and that kind of thing, and you know the the kind of the same cost benefit cost benefit analysis that you know we we touched on a little earlier it's faster to deploy it doesn't cost a million dollars for the price of one standard helicopter you could get god knows how many drones um you know but when it comes to stuff like uh voltronics um said not for investigative uses when it comes to that kind of thing uh the police would at that point, probably be operating their own rigs for that type of use. Um, I don't think that, uh, you know, we would get involved in, in a lot of that. I, it would be more, you know, benefit of humanity kind of thing. Um, so, you know, sticking to, uh, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking floods, fires, wildfires, um, and whatnot. And, you know, natural and natural, natural man-made disasters exactly and then you know maybe stepping to yeah zombies there you go zombie tracking <laughs> um <laughs> hey you know although fleer probably won't be as effective between, <laughs> between them and the white walkers we'd probably be screwed but you know um it's, but it's, it's cold things too <laughs> my nerd is showing yeah uh, in case anybody didn't know um <laughs> right <laughs> you're in good company my friend i know right but uh you know beyond uh beyond just uh benefit of humanity would be maybe you know helping assist with uh mitigating people flying their drones where they shouldn't be um even if it's you know more so on a instead of using a drone to take down a drone maybe it's more of a consultation kind of side of things you know um and uh talking <clears throat> with law enforcement about the best ways to locate that subject to bring that drone down you know that kind of thing um it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a you know uh, a one-to-one -one kind of situation where one drone's taking down another drone. So, if we could segue from there back to the uh, to Gonzo's idea about you know keep the the hardware standard, um, I keep thinking about under 250 grams as a, the magic number, not only for the United States but around the world. So, if we could optimize the efficiency of a under 250 gram yeah. Uh, quad, that would be, uh, and then so it's you know it's probably going to be a two incher in that magnitude. It can be fast. It can be tiny. Uh, and if we, you know, if we get the uh, you know the flight times up, and uh, I've got a a little driblet that's uh, two and a half uh, or two inches, and it's uh, two hundred and seventy bucks. So it's uh, you know under yeah. sub three hundred dollars. Uh, under 250 grams by a lot and so it could you know we could improve the efficiency of that or you know, so to stay or standardize so that you know that becomes a uh a law enforcement assistant you know that you uh you know this you know this little tiny thing to to go help and also has the benefit of not being uh, a category one or category two per the um 
uh, FAA, so it uh, can be flown over uh, people or at night without a waiver, uh, without having to uh, worry about the uh, kinetic energy thresholds if you're flying uh, 107. And talk about uh, talk about quick to deploy. I have mine almost done. I can't wait to get it in the air. Um, I like the little uh, the little little aircraft and. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've got a, uh, uh, I've got, I've got an acrobat, and that thing is, you know. Yeah, the acrobat. I've, I've also. On how you build it, I mean, that thing is just. I can literally walk out. I've got a farm field behind the house. I can literally walk out the back door and and uh, you know kind of toss it in the air and it flies. You know, it's mm -hmm. just so easy. Yes. So easy. If you're gonna talk under two hundred fifty pounds, now we're gonna need. Two different. Um, that was uh, Graham. Like, that was Graham's, or, not uh, yeah, not sorry. pounds. Yeah, I I, I misspoke. Um, if we're gonna keep under two hundred fifty grams, there's no way you're gonna carry a FLIR with under two hundred fifty grams. Agreed. So yep. we're gonna have to now think about we have dedicated tool like a dedicated tool for for this and then for that. Yeah, like, and but, yeah, and one of the things that. My next build is going to be a driblet with a uh, a run cam mini split, and because I've already got one with, uh, uh, and it gosh, it's, I haven't. I need to weigh it. It is way under 250, all up, all up weight, including the battery. So I'm I'm sure I can create one that has a at least a 1080p um, uh, video. But that's of course transmitting to, or it's copying over to a micro SD. It's not transmitting high res back to the ground. But I, I agree with you completely, Matt. That you know, it, you know, there's this is purpose design, and that that always happens with when you optimize, right? You know, you try to get the most out of something. It's it's gonna going to be purpose design. Like uh, for for something under 250, it could just be something as easy as a modula, and then. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. over that you could uh, you could ditch the GoPro mount to like the Gen Drone Nutmegs or uh, or even a Squirt and that a Squirt will definitely carry uh, carry that much weight if the GoPro's not on it and those things if you get them efficient enough they'll fly six seven eight minutes mm -hmm. and they're ducted they're ducted so if you do fly over people it's just going to be the blunt force yeah. You know the mm -hmm. ducks, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, question: I don't own a Mobula, and I haven't looked at uh, micro-sized rigs in a while. Uh, are those all plastic, or are they carbon? Or yeah, they're they're all. I believe they're all plastic. From what okay. I've, I don't own one either, but I've seen the video quality from them, and it's it's pretty incredible. So if you're just if you have something small and you have to find something real quick, the resolution. They're starting to come out with more carbon and mix carbon and plastic frames too. Well, you know, my thought is is think about it from a perspective. And somebody mentioned it earlier. Oh, Volatronics mentioned it. Throwaway quads. So, what if um, what if we designed and again, this is just hypothesis at this point. But what if we designed a 3D printable frame that you can throw your electronics on? The whole thing doesn't cost that much because I mean, you're just printing with filament, so there's no upcharge on that. You're paying for you know your electronics and you throw it in the air. Yeah. As long as it's sound, I think that's actually a pretty rad idea. <laughs> that's something that we could talk to Andy about, it, uh, Andy Shen, because I know the nutmeg and the the squirt. Going back to that, I have a fully three D printed nutmeg 
And uh, I mean, it's awesome. it's not, not the back. lightest, not the lightest thing in the world, but it it doesn't flex, it doesn't do anything. If you break something, you just 3D print part again. It's I mean, like you're saying, it's ease of use. It's sustainable for a super low cost, so it mm -hmm. makes. Yeah, that would be my thought, you know, and and you know, and, and for the most part, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have rigid or solid um, in terms of flex. It just because you're not putting high performance through it again, you know, you're you're basing it off efficiency. So you build it light, you build it cheap, and then you throw on quality, you know, decently quality electronics, and you call it a day. But just a thought, I, I'm just you know. Yeah, this whole discussion is really interesting from the perspective of uh, what what Gonzo was saying in standardized standardized the safety uh, exam. You know, it it could be definitely worth. You know, I mean, the, because this is the uh, you know, this is the device and the people that we would you know the face to um, first responders and law enforcement. Uh, to me, it's a uh, you know. So there's you know not not necessarily a branding behind it, but a uh, a reputation that we would want to establish, and I think that could be very positive to people. So that you know you get into it and you you want to help out in your community, and you pick up uh, you know a you know this is proven you know nationally by this organization, you know it works, it's trusted, it's more reliable than a 737 Max. That is a joke. But don't. Sorry, <laughs> my <laughs> mic was off. My, my <laughs> mic was off for the laugh, but I was laughing. Capo, we need a random shot. <laughs> uh, asleep at the wheel, I guess. <laughs> oh, fail. Hell, you got all this great equipment and you're failing. <laughs> I was looking something up to throw in there. <laughs> Everybody's talking about a light. Uh, quad, and I've got one that's 189 grams with wow. battery and MPV. Dang, that's excellent. Total scratch build, though. Wow. It's a good benchmark. Good number. I know those yeah. toothpick so... builds are probably less than 100 grams. Uh, <laughs> although maybe they're closer to 100 if you add something like a split to it. I forget. Interesting. They don't get a whole lot heavier. I, I built um, uh, I built I, I didn't run the min uh the the mini split. I've got the whatever Fox Years uh version of that is. They call yep. it a um, oh yeah, what is that? Super a, a mix. That's it. Fox Year mix. Clever. Uh yeah, right. And um uh that's extremely light. The camera is smaller uh and it's a single board. Um mm. so it was the lightest one that I could find. Because nice. I was just kind of looking to see how light I could get, how light I could get my uh, uh, my brat, and I want to. I think I'm gonna. I'll try that at least at some point in that driblet frame too to see how light yeah. it gets. Cool, cool. And the video is great. Quality. So Josh, Josh, I took you way off uh, topic. Um, this seemed like a really interesting no, segue. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I think it's all awesome stuff. In my mind, there's no such thing as off-topic. If we're <laughs> if we're getting down into the nitty-gritty of this stuff, I mean, that's the stuff I love. So we're talking uh, whirly gigs here. That's it. Plus, exactly. Plus, plus, Absolutely. you're giving me a chance to type my notes, so I'll yeah. get. Yeah, we and we got Matt off the Bruins, so we're okay. 
That's funny. Let's see. So now the next part is, is should there be different guidelines from our already existing safety guidelines uh, to helping first responders? And what, what, what in your guys' mind should that look like? I think one of the things that, that comes up right away in certain circumstances, if you're, uh, you know, if you're providing some overhead uh, view at a, uh, at a house fire uh, uh, or, a, you know, some other sort of a structure fire where that information is time sensitive, uh, fire department can really use that for a number of different a uh, number of different reasons, um, you're going to be flying over the top of them. There's, there's, you know, there's kind of no, there's no way around that. They're going to keep working, uh, but they're also all going to have helmets on. Um, right, right. And, uh, you know, so that's, uh, that's one example of that. Same thing with search and rescue, probably. You're probably going to be working in conjunction with people on the ground. So I think those things might be, areas of, where there'd be a cross one of the one of the things i was thinking of in in areas you've been uh, have deep experience in is uh, protocols along the lines of safety and chain of command which would be uh different uh if you're in a, a natural or man-made disaster and they're uh, either first responders or law enforcement that uh, you know we would want to provide some guidance to fpv pilots that you know you have to you know, listen and take orders. Yeah, there there's a protocol that I'm I'm sure that if you get involved with any kind of a any kind of an organization, um, you, they, I'm sure they would want you to get a certification uh, at at some level. It's called NIMS, National Incident Management System, and what it is is like a it's a it's a post 9/11 thing where you know, certain things kind of turned into goat rodeos because they didn't have a, you know, uh, you had so much interdepartmental uh, operations going on there and everybody kind of had their own, their own uh, command structure, their own guidelines. And so they developed this nationalized program so that you can take people from where I live and send me to a disaster in Texas and we're going to be speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of command and uh, even logistics and support and all that sort of thing. And uh, so it, it just so happens that I hold um, the nine, nine something, 900 series certification, which lets me, um, qualifies me to be an incident commander. So uh, I've been to the top level and actually run a couple of these things. Um, and, and so to interact in one of those situations, they're going to want people to have at least, you know, the basis of, uh, the, the base, the 100 or 200 series, uh, certification, just so that, you know, the lingo on the radio, you know, how the communication structure is, you know, when they talk about a certain tactical, uh, name for someone who has X responsibilities, you're going to know who that is. If so, you need something, you're going to know who to. 
so perfect. It sounds like we could reference that as if you're going to be working uh, in assistance to uh, uh, locally under the LEAP program, we would uh, point to NIMS certification this level. Yep. And then the it sounds like our own uh, training could be specific to FPV and it might not have to be uh, you know, we might not have to create a separate module for uh, local law enforcement or first responding. Yeah, all you'd be doing is adding a, you know, adding a section. So, I mean, typically at a disaster, you've got an overall command. And then depending on how big it is, you know, you're going to have a search and rescue command. You may have multiple search and rescues. If it, it, All this stuff is, it's it's like, it starts out really tiny and then, Based off a need, the system just grows, and you get more layers of, uh, you know, of operational command and communications mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But everybody's got a defined role. Yeah, uh, everybody's mm -hmm. doing different things, but they all kind of fit within the structure. Yeah, there's a communication structure that falls into place and is very expandable. Whoever put it together did an excellent job, and it, you know, there's been some revisions, but really, um, I mean, I was in on it. Uh, you know, on the ground floor when they first came out with it, and and uh, um, you know the basic structure that they started out with is the same thing that we're using. You know, if something happens tomorrow, it's it's very similar to. There haven't been a lot of changes. Uh, whoever awesome. whoever did it did a nice job. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. Another thing that we're going to need is uh, we're going to need pre-disaster. Uh, that's that everybody. If we're going to keep everything. Uh, the like operative word clipped on me, Matt. The, we're yeah, going I did. To me too. Pre, here, we're going to need pre, and I think the word was disaster. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or pre-situation. I guess it'd be better. Say more. Say more. What, what's what's the what's your thought? Um, just training. It's any kind of first responder has training before they run into a fire or pull somebody over Absolutely. on the side of the road. Or, um, if we're all going to be on the same page, then the people that are going to be working with the other first responders need to actually meet them and tell them, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And, and practice. Do yeah. <laughs> Wait, nobody, because, I mean, some people might get freaked out. They might be able to run into a burning building or a shootout, but they hear a drone five feet over their head or a multi burly gig. Um, <laughs> they're going to get, they're going to, they might get freaked out. You never know because it, it's right. something that they might have never been around. So that might take them off their game a little bit. And that's dangerous too. Mm -hmm. yep. Good thoughts. I just posted the um, the FEMA link training. There, the classes are free. You have to register, obviously, but um, I think that'll be a good start for us to look um, at just where where we need to begin um, as far as disaster management and and how we can help. Um, there is a um, just shy of a crap ton of that's the technical term of <laughs> information on that website. Um, you know, as far as how the system works and all the, the, all of the lower level trainings, um, are online. They're very, uh, they're very simple. Um, and there's wonderful pocket guide for those of us that whose memories are failing that you can, you know, refer to during the middle of this. Cause there's like, you know, especially when you get to the. I'm in command situation. There's like a million things to try to remember at the same time. And um, especially in the beginning before you get all the people in place. Um, 
I'm having a flashback to the first one of these. I had to run and, you know, it took me like three days to have my adrenaline come back to normal. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, just being there in the first would, I mean, put my adrenaline off, but, you know, or or finding somebody that needs help or, you know, any of those situations. Be well, just... we'll put it this way. We, we transport, trans, transported 135 patients in a little over 45 minutes oh my word jeez so yeah i can yeah. imagine <laughs> hey, uh, hey dean one of the things that i worry about is you know we've got you know a gung-ho fpv uh pilot they want to help and you know you you take uh, three of them and uh, you know one one is uh, awesome in a crisis and the other is a great pilot but they just melt and fold in a crisis you know they they just mm -hmm. lock up or freeze. What, what's your thinking with respect to how do we try to uh, is it uh, you know as Matt was suggesting which I love the idea you know that we need to uh, there needs to be some level of training you know okay you know, we've provided you know this base guidelines but you need to go and you know do a walkthrough with the uh, uh, with the people you've, you're offering to help. But what's what's your sense in terms of how do you identify and call you know the the folks who are just you know and it, it you know it's not a bad thing it's just some people just panic. It, it's um, the reality is 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 responding to any kind of a disaster is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to see and do and be in the middle of things that um, it's just not in everybody's not in everybody's wheelhouse, and that's not saying anything bad about anybody. It's not for everyone. Yep. Uh, and you know, you just have to uh, you just have to kind of counsel people towards what they where better they can help. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, and even, you know, so I mean, um, uh, you know, when I was supervising large amounts of people in EMS, you know, I knew if we're in one of these situations, which people I can put in what role and, and what, is, what is somebody that I want to use to uh, shuttle equipment from the, you know, from the station or the firehouse um, out to the scene, because um, that's a better thing to have them do. Um, then you know then be in the middle of you know of, of maybe some other kind of a role a patient assessment role or something like that it, it's just you know you have to put the right person in the right spot okay and so some people so, need to stay home <laughs> so so that begs the question and i was just thinking about this while you guys were talking about that do would it be wise to develop a national network of people who yes. would respond to these or yeah or have a dedicated team that has all the training and, and whatnot that we would send to these, you know, crises. I, I think response teams, um, I think organizing and response teams are the best way to handle these situations. It's um, so then you have people who, you know, have put in the time to get the training um, to go to the practices. And it, I think it, for the most part, people will kind of self-weed themselves out of, uh, out of it once they see, you know, uh, and they get the pressure of a couple of drills under their belt. 
you know, this is not something that's going to do well. You know, and drills, drills, uh, and on every level with police, fire, EMS, uh, search and rescue teams, they they're all scored. And you know, usually the self-scoring is the uh, is the toughest part. There's always a debrief, uh, and um, you know, um, people realize pretty quick this is not, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not the guy to have. Uh, to be put into one of these roles. And so people tend to migrate away from, from the scenarios. Okay. You know, I've had, I've had paramedic students make it all the way to clinicals and then um, uh, get, you know, find out um, I picked the wrong thing to go to school for, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a and, friend who did that for the firefighters. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, it, it it happens and yep. you know there's no shame in it it's just no, it not, not your bag <laughs> yeah yeah and that's uh and that's perfectly okay because there's all kinds of jobs that i'm not cut out to do so right mm -hmm. you know i mean i got I, yeah what anybody else yeah i had a thought of um I, i'm struggling for the names of the two the two organizations i think it's uh races and it, the ham radio emergency aries uh, and races yep i i i got it so i happily <laughs> as a general licensed uh, ham radio operator i should uh, remember those two names <laughs> um but i was thinking that you know those folks are uh, all, almost as geeky as we are and yeah, so they're yeah, if not worse. <laughs> so there's a there's speaking a, for myself. Yeah, there's a natural affinity of uh, geekiness, and there's an entire structure, and so it may be a uh, a useful um, you know, loose alliance. And so, you know, in terms of you know, and these are uh, normally run at a county level in one of the organizations. Um, I think that's Racy's. And the other is affiliated with the with the government, if I've got that right, Dean. Um, neither one. It, well, both have some affiliation with the government, and that they're in, you know, they're they're FCC uh, endorsed to a certain uh, to a certain degree. Right. Um, you know, it's amateur radio emergency services, mm -hmm. Aries and Racies. I couldn't tell you what that acronym is. I was yep. glad I got the first one. <laughs> uh, EMS is like laden with acronyms. There's an acronym to remember the acronyms. I mean, it's, it. it's just yeah. terrible. Um, and uh, but uh, uh, so uh, my point is that that might be a, an interesting, uh, if you'll, symbiotic relationship for us. I mean, because yeah, it, absolutely. It's a structure. There's a national network. They are absolutely tied in with natural disasters and. They are, uh, if there's a, a communications uh, blackout in a uh, in an area, these people are, you know, they're all they're there uh, to step up. They, yeah, they're there, and they practice. And so, you know, adding uh, FPV flights to the, uh, they they do things like track down, uh, you know, uh, they do hunts, so they track down, you know, find the transmitter, things like yep. that. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We do that here. I mean, literally in the in the county I live, our repeater. Are, are you guys laughing at the hot dog thing? We are. Okay, it's, yeah, it's not a pizza, but I'm I'm not sure yeah. what 
if Stephanie's laughing at us or if or what she's. Uh... <laughs> so I have all kinds saying, of thoughts the, that I thought I better just the, ignore. The, so, exactly. Uh, so for the repeaters. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, our the 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 uh, sheriff's department um, kind of in exchange for us being their standby communications houses uh, houses our repeater on their towers, mm-hmm. and um, we have operating stations at the hospitals um you know literally where you know we have a we, we have a desk and a power supply and a radio there and all this stuff is there all you have to do is show up um but literally the you know the area is set up and and they uh they all realize that you know if communications go down without you know this group of geeky guys who shows up uh, with all these goofy letters that they, you know, have on their hats and jackets and, mm-hmm. you know, gloves and t-shirts and whatever, um, you know, without, without us, um, they have no way of communicating with each other. So, right. um, they've embraced our existence mm-hmm. and our geekiness. Excellent. Yeah. So that might be, uh, a nice way, an on, a good entree into, uh, this whole, uh, community. Yeah, and it's um, you know it's a it's a neat thing because you um, you know you're on their good side and you get that chance to do the community service. You get the little blurb in the newspaper every time you do a drill, mm-hmm. and uh, you know like the newspaper will come and take a couple pictures. And sometimes you know depending on the news day, even the TV is you know TV stations have come out and said, oh yeah, they're out there practicing. Yeah, you know, thing. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is the thing that. Uh, yeah. That happens, and, you know. And they have, uh, uh, they can help get our uh, uh, FCC ham radio operators license that we need to legally operate the uh, video. True story. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Exactly. And and some of us the 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 radios that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not a radio free Europe. I'm okay with that. They have what I have. Yeah. So, um, other thoughts on national network or dedicated teams? Um, I I think that we have enough uh, fire rescue and EMS people that fly already in various states that can probably help us coordinate this um, nationwide. Okay. Um, That I think that already have uh, kind of proven their their merit as far Mm -hmm. as rescue goes. Because yep. um, emergency management is not for everybody at all, and I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And there will be times that you might have been in uh, emergency management services for a while, and you get on scene, whatever, and that one is the one that kind of clicks. So you never know. Um, it's very high stress. So if we start with the ones that already have um, fire rescue EMS training or background, yeah, it's a or, great thought. Or like yeah. um, military that have an EMS background. Those are the people that that will flourish and will love it because mm-hmm. uh, there is absolutely nothing on the planet that can give you the adrenaline rush that a rescue adrenaline rush <coughs> gives you. And it's a very unique thing that not everybody can handle. So I think that's probably where we should start as far as um, – coordination goes it's with our email like icky i mean he's a firefighter mm-hmm. so like he would be a really good asset to um pick his brain a little bit as okay. well 
Good. I think that's where we should start is uh, fire EMS rescue background first, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Because they're already vetted, basically, Absolutely. as far as right. on scene. Um, that's just my two cents. Yeah. I like it. Josh. I know, I know. <laughs> Freaky, I was having the same thought, yeah. It's almost like a sound effect typing. keyboard. You know? it's, at least, yeah, it's at least not a buckle spring keyboard. You know, yeah, no, it's a, it's work. quieter than my last one, so y'all yeah. should feel grateful. Yeah. <laughs> every, every day. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, honestly, that was a great conversation. Uh, yeah. I I really enjoyed that one, and I think there's a ton of great information that you guys uh, provided. I appreciate it. Um, Dave, do you have anything else? No, no, I didn't. Nothing. Dan, good. Stephanie. No, I don't think so. Unless there was anything interesting in the news the past week or two. I missed that. Sorry, I stepped away for a second. I was. <sighs> what was Rep. the question? Around the around the room. Any other topics? Oh god. Um. Does it have to be FPV related? <laughs> yeah. It, it can't. It can't. It cannot. Uh, be, it cannot be the release of the Mueller report. Okay. Well, I do need to call, call me tomorrow, then, Dave. <laughs> Which one? Really? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else. Um. Did anybody see what happened at the Red Sox game last week? Yes. Uh, no. They did. Uh, they did find that it was a juvenile, uh, apparently, and they found him from the last news report I read. And they have—I don't know if they've charged him, but I think they confiscated his equipment at this. So this sounds, this sounds like a, at, a a drone at the uh, at the stadium at Fenway. Okay. It, and it, uh, it was it a DJI. Out. Yeah. So, oh, I thought they weren't supposed to be able to fly in no-fly zones. Yeah, well, oh. uh, according to the report I read that, um, you know, DJI didn't want to comment on that, and they put all the onus back on the operator. Of course. Uh, course. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Well, uh, you can, no, I, I've got, I mean, you can just, you just flash another. App. You got it. Yeah. You got it. So, um. But uh, that's that's something to be said for geofencing software um, if you're not uh, using it correctly. So at any point, yes, that that was uh, the biggest drone story I saw. Although I did see a story where uh, at the Notre Dame uh, when it was on fire, uh, there was a drone operator that was helping firefighters pinpoint some of the hot spots from above. Yeah, um, thermal camera. Yep. Um, so. Uh, that's that's some good positive uh, uh, drones in the news kind of story. So Didn't help it, man. Though, well, you know what? To be honest, the damage is a lot less than they were expecting. So, and that's um, excellent. And that, yeah, I mean, I've been there, so I know the awe-inspiring nature of that building and it's and like whatnot. And it is. It was. Uh, I, I think they were saying forty-three acres. Much. Forty-three acres of wood. Holy in, cow! In yeah, especially in the, in the upper trellis, the the tower, the spire that fell. Yeah, they called it. Um, didn't they call it the forest or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. 
and um so ton of wood that's you know 800 years old so nothing but pure fuel there's no moisture in any of that and um to be honest i was was. exactly (laughs) he was at the chiropractor (laughs) so um honestly i was expecting the walls to cave in so when i was watching it but yeah same here wait a minute isn't the bells in that tower no the bells were are in the two towers that uh received minimal damage oh the uh, big stone ones yes oh okay and uh they were saying that if uh if the fire spread up there that the bells i think they weigh one of them weighs like 25 tons or something like that that it would have knocked the rest of the building down if it fell so um yeah there was some some crazy stuff there and it honestly it brought some flashbacks of 9-11 back for me when i was watching it it was a little scary but uh but uh yeah well you know but uh, at any rate, um, yeah, so that's some good positive news for drones. Uh, Fenway Park, bad news. Uh, <laughs> bad. Um, it's like we get oh, one good and like three bad. Oh, and we should. And, 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 well, we should mention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should awesome. mention that we did uh, we did submit uh, comments on the two FAA documents. So. Uh, we're focusing on uh, things like uh, getting insur- insurance going, but we also found time to read the uh, 250 pages of uh, FAA documentation and make comments on those. Yep. So last count, I saw there was like 830 submissions for that. That is so uh, pages. Yeah. So um, some of them were interesting. There was one, uh, I don't know if any of you follow uh, uh, Vic Moss on Facebook, but um, he posted one from a 14-year-old kid that basically said, you know, every time I fly, I have to call four airports and um, get permission. And uh, he's like, I know there's the Lance system, but, you know, we can't use it for hobbyists. It needs to be easier to access. It was kind of a, a, a good response for something like that. And so, and he's just a hobbyist, this little 14-year-old kid, obviously. But, you know, to have to call four airports when you step out your front door to fly your, your drone is, uh, you know, it's a little bit uh, overbearing to yeah, a 14-year-old. That's a, that's a bit much, but, I mean, good on him for doing it, though, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So I think a lot of people put in their submissions, and I think uh, we are going to be posting ours up on the website. Um, but uh, you can I think you can go on there and you can read some of the submissions on there. So um, if yeah, you're all I've, at all interested, feel I've free created, to jump in. And I've created a precee of ours at this point, so we yeah. don't have to go through the multiple pages. Yeah. So um, we'll post that up on the website here shortly and uh, that'll be available for review Um, feel free to give feedback as with everything else so um, i think with that we are at uh, 10 p.m uh eastern time so i think i will call it unless anybody has anything else um other than let's discuss making a uh um what what are what are they called when you have a little group of people that do things together a chautauqua Yes, we need a Chautauqua for 
the, How do you spell that? I'm sure there's a Q in there. At least it sounds like. <laughs> it's it's a meeting of a learned people. Okay. Oh, yeah, so I'm like out. <laughs> I want to be on the Chautauqua for the uh, emergency rescue people guy. Mm, okay. okay. Excellent. S A T Q U what, babe? S H I T Q U A something. I don't know. No, it's not S H I T. He's on the couch. He's on the couch on the other side. Tell him we liked his safety comment and he can just go back to sleep. I've got the speaker on loud. He can hear you. Tell him, Excellent. Excellent. That's funny. All right. I think that's all I. Oh, we did. Um, I have yet to post it up, but uh, we did get a new designed uh, T-shirt in the store. If anybody's interested in a T-shirt, um, it's a distressed T-shirt. So check that out if you want to see that. Um, and beyond that, I think that's it. I have a couple more I'm going to throw in in a few days, too. I'm not quite done with them yet. Okay. okay. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, All right. on that note, have a good night, y'all. Thank you for participating, and we'll see you next week. All right? Awesome. Very good. Thank you. Bye, all. Good, good, good discussion. <laughs> and that concludes tonight's episode. <laughs> good night. That was a bye neat now. little voice shift there. Bye-bye. Like <laughs> have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>